welcome to another brand new episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. This is Jeremy Bument, your host, and according to my list, this is episode 129 of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. In this episode, it's going to be uh, the news, like we usually do, followed by a review of the latest Doctor Who comic that has come out, which is Missy Number 4 from Titan Comics. It just came out this past Wednesday. And then we are going to have an interview with Titan Comics Doctor Who editor Jake Devine. I've been trying to get a hold of Jake for quite some time now. Was finally able to track down this wonderful gentleman, and he sat down and chatted with me for a while about his career of how he became an editor for Titan Comics, as well as how he became the editor of the Doctor Who line. And he'll tell uh, you and myself about uh, all the different books that they've worked on for the Doctor Who comic line, and you'll learn more about him and about Titan Comics, and it's uh, it was a really good conversation. Thank you very much for downloading this episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. Um, I truly appreciate it. I love doing this podcast. It's uh, my favorite time of uh, my uh, break from work to uh, just sit down and record an episode or interview people or uh, do a review of a comic. So um, I hope you enjoy listening to them as, as much as I enjoy making them. And with that out of the way, let's jump right into this episode and uh, take a look at some news. It's time to check out what's new in Doctor Who comic news on this episode of Panel to Panel. We are going to start out like we always do, checking out the new releases. And this is nice and short and sweet, because on Thursday, the 22nd of July, Doctor Who magazine number 567 came out digitally as well as in print over in the UK. Unfortunately, there's no new comic strip, um, but... I will want to. I did want to point out that Lou Stringer continues doing his monthly little uh, funny comic strip in Doctor Who magazine. I always enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy getting a little chuckle out of it, and I want to make sure everybody who reads Doctor Who magazine checks that out as well because Lou is uh, seems like a nice guy and uh, he makes me laugh. Flipping ahead to this past week on. Uh, Wednesday, the 28th of July, Missy number 4 came out, which we are reviewing here in just a few minutes. And the new previews catalog came out. And I wanted to point out here that if you go to my website, which is drwhocomics.com, you can check out the previews listings of anything Dr. Who comic related that will be released. Whatever I have listed is about two months out from when it will actually be released. And it's just a little uh, helpful reminder for you to, if there's something new that's coming out, you want to let your comic shop know that you want it. This way you can just kind of pull up the website at the comic shop and say, here, I want you to order me this. So hopefully that helps out some people out there. And that's it for the new releases. It's been rather quiet, as everybody knows. Going into some other Doctor Who comic news, with Doctor Who Missy, or Doctor Who comic Missy number four coming out this week, we found out that uh, this fall, Titan Comics will be doing an 8th Doctor story. They released um, what looks to me like one of the uh, probably multiple covers that the first issue of this 8th Doctor miniseries will have this fall. Uh, no news as yet as to who is going to be writing and illustrating this, but uh, myself, I'm a big Paul McGann fan. I like the 8th Doctor stories. 
I've listened to plenty of the Big Finish audios, read plenty of the BBC books, and I'm lo looking forward to, of course, a Doctor Who comic. Why wouldn't I be? Um, so that's uh, kind of what's coming down the road from Titan Comics. Along those same lines, um, I was reading a, a rumor. It, I guess it hasn't been confirmed by anybody at Titan Comics, but the gap that we're having now in between the Missy comic ending and this eighth doctor comic starting supposedly there was going to be a, a another doctor who kind of mini series that was going to have a, a team up between the doctor and captain jack captain jack returning to comics and uh, supposedly that series got canceled due to the kind of hubbub and kerfuffle that john barrowman has found himself in over the past several months the Titan Comics apparently didn't want to uh, stir up any uh, ill feelings with fans regarding having Captain Jack or John Barrowman in a comic series. Myself personally, um, as far as like John Barrowman goes, the things he's done in the past with uh, everybody knows what he's done. Um, what he's done, I don't think was a right thing to do. I didn't think it was proper to do back then. It's not proper to do now. And I think that should probably have some sort of effect on him as an actor or a performer as far as what he does on television or movies uh, down the road. However, Captain Jack, as far as a character goes, is a character. And having that character in a comic book I think there's a, a big defining line between the actor and the character here. And I think having Captain Jack in a comic uh, would be perfectly fine. Um, it's not John Barrowman in the comic, it's Captain Jack. Uh, having Captain having John Barrowman be Captain Jack in uh, an audio drama from Big Finish or in the, uh, the stage thing that's going on over in the UK probably not a good idea and I'm I'm I applaud Big Finish and um the the producers of this this play or this uh escape room I cannot off the top of my head remember exactly what it is but I applaud them for taking John Barrowman out of it however in the comic I think having Captain Jack there would be perfectly fine but I totally understand where Titan's coming from on this if this rumor is all true anyway moving past that the last bit of news that I had in uh uh, Doctor Who comic news is that Titan Comics did a Doctor Who comic panel on for the San Diego Comic Con at home, which was this uh, past weekend. It was the weekend of the 25th and 26th. The panel was actually put up uh, on YouTube on the 24th. It was on a Friday. And if you want to watch it, it was really, uh, I thought it was entertaining. Uh, Jake Devine, the editor of Titan Comics, was on it. Uh, Jody Hauser, the writer, was there. Enrica Angiolini, the colorist, was on it. And uh, it was interesting to hear them talk about making the Missy series and their thoughts just about how they got into uh, watching Doctor Who to begin with, that kind of thing. If you want to watch it, make sure you go to uh, YouTube and do a search for Titan Comics Doctor Who comic panel at San Diego or C C SDCC at home. Um, it was on the twenty. It was released on the twenty fourth of July. It's forty five minutes long and it's really entertaining, so I highly recommend it. 
And that is all I have for Doctor Who Comic News. Time to go into a review of Missy number four. Today, we're going to open the Pandorica on issue number four of Doctor Who comic, Missy. Missy number four. This is the finale of the story arc, and let me tell you about the previously from inside the front cover. Missy and the Master have traveled through their past to discover the location of the key which unlocks the vault containing the key to time. In the third doctor's lab at Unit HQ, Missy has finally found what she was looking for, but the Master has also found what he was looking for, revenge. The story is written by uh, writer Jody Hauser, with art by Roberta Ingranada, and coloring by Enrica Aaron Angiolini. Um, I don't want to, since this issue just came out, I don't want to spoil what happens at the end. However, um, I will tell you, it's not all that much. Basically, uh, Missy and the Master are kind of running around Unit HQ in hopes of finding this key. Uh, the Master is thinking about, uh, offing the Brigadier with the tissue compression and eliminator, the TCE. And he ends up getting stopped by Missy. Um, they almost come across the third doctor before they leave with said key. And then it turns into, um, what's Missy going to do with the key? Is she going to give it to the master? Or is she going to give it to the doctor? That's basically it. You find out what happens at the end, and there you have it. Um, as far as this issue goes in this whole miniseries, there are things about this miniseries that I liked and things I didn't like. Things I did like, uh, Roberta and Granada's artwork is really good. I really enjoyed the artwork, and Enrica's coloring was really good. The biggest problem I have with this story is um, the story itself, Jody Hauser's writing. Um, this story kind of was right in the middle of two different type of stories. It was a story where you have kind of a, a journey or not really a chase. It's kind of a chase because Missy and the Master are going after this key to get the key to time. And in the span of four issues, there wasn't a lot of running around to get this key. To me, um, most of the running around involved just little panel vignettes of, oh, they're stopping in this part of the Master's timeline or they're stopping in that part of the Master's timeline. And there... It didn't have enough substance to that. Um, in the span of these four issues, it really felt to me like this story was stretched really thin on this aspect. This story had no energy to it. It just kind of fell flat in that aspect. It was a four-issue series that could have been told in two issues, as far as like the 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 main story goes. The other part of the story that I felt this four-issue series did was basically it's a character study of Missy and asking the the reader, what do you think Missy is? Or Missy's asking herself, what does she think she is? Is she past the point of being evil? Is she turning a new leaf? Is she trying to become a better person? Or is she so much of the the master that we know that she cannot get past that um and in that aspect the story to me kind of falls flat as well there wasn't a lot of character development of missy 
or the master for that part. Um, I will give Jody Hauser credit. The the Delgado master that she wrote, I felt did, was uh, very close to the, the master that we know from the Third Doctor TV series. But as far as Missy goes, Missy to me just kind of felt like a, a character who is kind of questioning herself, but it doesn't go into enough, enough detail to answer that question or to even give me Jody Hauser's thoughts on what she thinks Missy is. That I was kind of let down at. Uh, even by the time you get to the end of issue four and you do get this resolution, you still don't have a resolution as to what kind of a character Missy is or which direction he's going to go, which I guess that kind of leaves it ambiguous and it's fine because you can't really answer that question in the comic because they can always change that in another media uh, with the character. But I would have liked to have seen at least a little bit more character development, actually probably quite a bit more character development of Missy as a character answering these or the turmoil within her trying to decide what she wants to do. To me, it seems like she was just kind of lightly jumping around this line of, am I good? Am I bad? Am I good? Am I bad? She never had a point where she really, really felt like she was changing to the good side, and she never really had a point where she felt like she was really going back to her her nature of being a bad person. So, to me, this series, I was kind of let down by it. I guess it was kind of fun. It was fun seeing Missy and the Master together. I thought that worked fairly well, the interaction between the two, but as far as the, the underlying story, as far as the adventure goes, and as far as the character development of the main character in this story, I was let down by it. If you do like Missy as a character, this miniseries is definitely geared towards you. And uh, I hope we get better things out of the 8th Doctor series that will be starting up this fall, this miniseries that they're going to be doing. So uh, there you go. There's my review of Missy number 4 as well as Missy as a miniseries. Exterminate! Well, today on Doctor Who Panel the Panel, I have the pleasure of talking to the current editor of the Doctor Who comic for Titan Comics, Jake Devine. Jake, pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you too. Happy to be here. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to track you down for a while, and you've been editor of the Doctor Who comic for about two years, I believe? Yeah, I'd say June 2019, I think is when, exactly when I sort of started taking over. Okay. Um, how do... Let me. Can you tell me a little bit about your background? How you got into, how you worked your way up to being an editor, or you know, yeah, what, what's uh, your background? So my background is um, in writing and creative. So I did. Um, I studied at University of Chichester. I did creative writing in English. Um, so a lot of that was um, all sort of books and poetry and all that kind of stuff. So I, I really like creative writing and writing my own sort of stories and stuff. And okay. um, so I was get into into writing in some way um and i've always loved comics i've loved comics uh, growing up since i was a kid big fan of like spider-man and batman and all those kind of superhero types uh-huh. um, and yeah so and then it was sort of luck that i got into it because um the sort of role of editor for comics was never really on my radar i sort of it's one of those things that you just didn't really think existed it's sort of comics you have obviously someone writes it someone draws it and then you never really take for me when I was a kid anyway, I never really took notice of editor sort of like, yeah, the name was there, the editor, the role, but I had to me, I had no clue what that was, you know, editor wasn't uh-huh. really a thing. Um, but I knew that was, as I started doing more creative writing stuff, editor sort of came up a bit and I was like, oh, okay, that sounds like something I could do. Um, and it was more sort of luck how I got into it. Cause I was looking for, um, 
I was looking for sort of getting into sort of publishing or anything to do with creative writing, that kind of thing. And um, I stumbled across, um, so Titan owns the Chain Forbidden Planet, the mega store yeah. that does sort of like sci-fi pop culture, uh, pop culture stuff. Um, so yeah. I thought that could be really cool in the meantime. Like I like all that kind of stuff. They do comics. So I thought, I'll just apply for a job there, see what happens. Um, and they didn't have anything available, but they said, you know, why not try um, this internship we've got going in our head office? And I was like, well, that could be good. Um, and when I went for the interview, I walked into the office and saw all these comics and all this pop culture stuff all around. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and luckily I did. So I ended up getting my first taste of working in comics then um, in the editorial department, just, you know, doing bits and pieces like proofreading uh-huh. they were doing magazines at that point. So I was sort of helping out on there and just getting a taste of what it's like uh, to be an editor and realizing, oh, my God, this is an actual job that I could do. Like, this is okay. great. Um, so I did that just for a few months, um, and then when that it was a short-term thing, so when that finished, I sort of just went off and did some other things. But I kept in touch with a couple of people there, um, and then it got to about 2017. Um, my current manager, Martin, another editor there, got in contact and said, "Hey, we've got this uh, availability for an editorial assistant. If you want to go for it," um, and I said, "Sure." And as luck would have it, I got the job, um, and I've been there ever since. So it was sort of starting as an editorial assistant um, and becoming again more familiar with the the editorial ways, you know, starting (laughs) bits and pieces here, working on a little few comics here and there, just bits and pieces, you know, proofreading, like helping out with some copy here, copy there. Um, And then slowly honing my skills, doing a bit more, working on more comics. um, And then it, it got to June 2019 and the current Doctor Who editor was leaving. Um, and I've always been a Doctor Who fan um, since I was about 13, 12, 13 maybe. Um, and it was great. So I'd worked on it here and there, um, just being an assistant and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and then they said, you know, he's leaving. Do you want to take it over? This would be like your first big project that you'd have solely for yourself. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, sign me up. I'm I'm very excited for that. Uh-huh. So it, was, it was really cool. I was a bit... Um, not not apprehensive but just you know nervous excited like oh it's a, it's a big responsibility but also you know it's one, something i really want to try yeah and, and I, do, so. I, i'm sure being the the head editor being your first gig it was uh, a little definitely have some nerves there about okay do i have what it takes to be the the person in charge and have kind of the final say so on everything yeah yeah but it was um because i said i dabbled in stuff before so some of our our, like, I guess lesser known comics that we've done I'd sort of helped out on and been a bit had a bit more responsibility and and doing it over a couple of years it done different areas and different comics so this was basically all the stuff I had done before in pieces now doing everything together okay so was kind of prepared for it but it was just like a bit of a leap just going from all the bits to all of it you know? yeah yep that makes sense so when you took over as the editor it was kind of wasn't it kind of partway through the 13th Doctor uh, first comic run? Yeah, that's right. So I took over, I want to say, issue 11, I think, was just being done. Um, so there, yeah, so I think issue 11. So they'd had, like, everything was sort of underway already. You know, scripts had been done, artwork was being done. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was sort of quite helpful because the pla- the sort of plans for that, that arc and the next sort of couple of issues had already been set in motion. So it's sort of a good way to find your feet because I didn't really have to like 
control too much at that stage. It was sort of just guiding it. So like Jodie knew yeah. what she was doing, Roberta knew what she was doing. It was sort of that, and that was really helpful because they, because they knew what they were doing. It was sort of easy for me to try and find my feet and say, okay, so this is how this is working now, um, and help me to understand like the way, you know, that our working relationship can be with the writers and artists and working out my deadlines and stuff because uh-huh. it was already sort of in motion. So I was sort of just along for the ride at that point and I could I've got a sort of example like a test ride really I could just sit there and watch how it was being done and be like okay this is cool. okay that's that's how that's done this is how this is done and and it was a good opportunity to pick it up for when we got to the next point where I would then sort of take the lead if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely so you kind of the led things along through the end of that first series and then um you became you kind of took took charge of the the next run um how did you kind of start out doing things on your own with starting with like a fresh new story arc um well so the, the first big thing after that was um the christmas holiday special that we did um, okay so that was uh, that year there wasn't one on tv um and so my publisher thought you know oh, well, there's nothing on TV. Why don't we do a Christmas special? Um, so me and one of my other uh, colleagues who is our creative editor sort of put our heads together and thought, you know, what what can we do that's really fun holiday special and came up with this idea um, about the Krampus because I think that had been touched upon in small um, outside the TV stories, you know, like um, uh-huh. little, I think another comic maybe a few years ago or something very, just dabbled in and we thought, well, why don't we do a really cool story about that um so we we came up with the plot and then pitched it to jody and she was like this is great i can write this um and that was and that was um sort of a big stepping stone as well because it was um it was like a almost last minute idea um it was like because we were coming up to the end of the run and we were like before we move on to a next run you know we had this opportunity to do this christmas special yeah. it, was, it has to be christmas you know doing it around any other time not going to make sense so yeah if we have to do it now so it was sort of uh-huh. it was i'd had this brief chance where i'd sort of i said been on for the ride got to know what sort of was going on and then i and then i was sort of thrown into it you know um yeah you've got this big <laughs> event thing but it sort of doubled the comic size in almost half the time. And it was like, okay, let's do this, let's get it done. And I sort of had to then take control of that. You know, the biggest thing uh-huh. for me, like in my role is, you know, deadlines, getting everything, all the different parts, you know, writings, art and colors, letters, getting all that done to the deadline and make sure yeah. everyone knows what they're doing, getting it right. So it was a bit of pressure, but it was good. It, it pushed me to get it sorted, get, get everything done in the time that needs to be done. And that was, that was really helpful for me. Um, sure. Because then going forward to sort of back to almost regular deadlines, I dealt with a, a really fast paced one and it, it helped me be prepared for something that wasn't as intense. Yeah. Again, when, once you got into the, uh, the, the next regular work, then you had regular deadlines and it wasn't quite so, so stressful. So, so time sensitive. Exactly, yeah. And um, luckily, like, um, as I said, deadlines is quite important um, with any comic. Um, so having a an artist and a writer who can hit those deadlines and can be quite quick is really helpful. And luckily, um, Jody and Roberta are always really good with deadlines. I mean, particularly Roberta, when sometimes comics can take, you know, four to six weeks or longer, depending on mm-hmm. the artist's the deadlines. Um, so having, like, 
regular deadlines is really good because Roberta is quite fast anyway. So sometimes you can just get, once you get into the swing of things, it can go quite quickly anyway. And then sometimes you're ahead of deadlines, which is always better than just being on time. You know? Yeah. Um, after the, the Christmas special, then we went into some, some 13th doctor stuff. If I remember right. Um, what was it like coming up with 13th doctor stories? Did you just ask Jody to come up? to pitch you some ideas and decide which ones you wanted to go with? Yeah, so um, with the the year two run, um, Jody had an idea that she really wanted to work with um, the Weeping Angels in the Blink episode. I think we can all agree it's one of our favourites and she mm-hmm. it was one she really to work, wanted to work on. Um, so we said, yeah, let's go, let's go with that. What can we work with? Um, sorry. Um, what else can we put into that? Um, and we came up with the idea of, because if you're basing out a blink with the Weeping Angels, you know, let's bring in the 10th and bring in 10th and 13th together. Um, yeah. Like a great idea. I think they're, they're quite similar in personalities themselves as well. So it's really interesting to see them bounce off each other. Um, and Jodie is so good at getting the characters like on the page. You know, the dialogue she creates is so easily captures the the personalities of each doctor. Um, mm-hmm. So seeing them on the page, her writing to bring them out together and seeing them bounce off each other it's really fun so we thought you know let's see what she can do with it and it was a it was a great story yeah yeah i totally agree it was uh i think the the 10th and the 13th doctor uh together was a a good dynamic between the two doctors uh it was a uh, to me it worked as a good combination of the the two of them and uh anytime you reference blink which is one of my favorite episodes as well you know that's pretty much a home run yeah exactly and and i think that's because that's one of the things um, my publisher likes to do as well. He, he wants us to sort of do things that the fans want. You know, we obviously want to create original stuff, but then there's references to so that story is sort of a reference to Blink, which is really popular. It's it's sort of giving the fans what they want while also, you know, creating our own stories of Doctor Who. You know, putting yeah. our own. So it's that combination, I think, and that and that story worked really well with that. Mm-hmm. So um, my memory is horrible. What was what happened after that story? Um, so that so that that was meant to be the first arc of the the, the second year of Doctor uh, the thirteenth Doctor. Um, so uh-huh. we would have performed another twelve issues of thirteen. Um, and I think just as we were working on the next thirteenth Doctor story, is when the whole pandemic happened and everything sort of okay. <laughs> kind of ground to a halt for yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'm just going to correct myself there because just before that, actually. Well, I've missed out a big point was um, Time Lord Victorious, which is a the big event that the BBC helped. Um, yeah, I, I was trying to remember when that took place. I knew it was somewhere in, in this time range. And uh, yeah, how did that was just something that kind of I know it was a big multimedia event. Um, did it? How did how did you get involved in it? I guess or how did Titan get involved? Uh, well, so it's something that the the BBC had spearheaded um, for. I think it's, it's something they'd come up with a number of years ago. That's something they always, an idea they always had they wanted to do. You know, they've got so many licensees. You know, you've got Doctor Who, not just on TV. You've got it in comics, books, audio books, um, and all these different types of media. Um, so they wanted to, they had this idea to do something really big across everyone and bring it all together. And it had been in the works for a while and never really taken off. Um, and luckily, as I came on board um, and I got, I got told um, by the previous editor, you know, oh, this is something that, the BBC have been handling, but it's not really gone anywhere yet. And luckily, just as I came on board, 
um, I got invited to a meeting with the BBC. Um, so we have regular catch-up meetings anyway, but uh, on a particular occasion, we got invited to a meeting with the BBC um, where they had said, okay, we've had this idea for a number of years now, but actually we think we've got, you know, enough money and time and, you know, we, we have a solid idea. We know what we want to do now. We're going to take this forward. And okay. so it's a chance for everyone to sort of go, okay, great. Here are our ideas. You know, this is what we want to do. Um, this is what we could do and all that sort of stuff which I took on board. Um, and so over a course of a few months, um, we sort of went back and forth and waiting for them to see, say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Um, and they eventually got on board James Goss, who had done a lot of Doctor Who stuff previously um, to sort of spearhead it on the BBC's behalf. You know, he was taking control of sort of that, I guess, the the creative director or the the producer, whatever you want to call it. Um, so he came up with the the main story idea that was going to go across all these different licensees all these different medium um and what different doctors there would be and all these different characters that were going to be original to this story and he came and worked with every different licensee to try and fit all these different stories that we wanted to do or we could do into this overarching narrative to bring it all together um so i I imagine it was a lot of work for him (laughs) um but also it was really fun and i got to work with him quite closely as well because rather than just doing this one-off story we thought why don't we try and bring it into the universe we've already got um uh-huh. so that's when it sort of became a 10th doctor story who was the 10th doctor was one of the the main characters in this time of victorious um overarching narrative but yeah. we went into what we were already doing with the 13th doctor and because we had just featured the 10th doctor in um our story we thought what how do we um bring that in so it was a bit of back and forth between me and James going, okay, well, this is what we're doing. And he's saying, okay, this is how the story works. How can we then bring these together? And it was a bit of a head scratcher at first, but then we eventually came to, the, okay, this is how we can mold it perfectly. You know, this is where it could fit in. This is what could happen for then this to make sense here. Um, so it was a challenging, but fun. Cause when we came up, we finally got the final story. We were really happy with it. And of course, um, the best thing about the story was the fact that we got the Daleks involved um, because yeah. Unfortunately, the BBC don't actually own the license to the Daleks, so it's very hard for us to use them. And luckily, for this whole TLV, TLV event, they managed to get the rights specifically for this. So whatever medium it was um, could have the Daleks. So we were lucky to have the Daleks in this comic specifically because it was under the TLV brand. So normally okay. we wouldn't have the Daleks. So that was really exciting for me because obviously that's something that Titan had never done before um, and something that I had the chance to be running at the time that we were able to use these characters and obviously mm-hmm. the Daleks are so cool and amazing to get in a comic. Yeah, definitely. It's one of the, one of the, the linchpins of Doctor Who. And uh, I know that was something that a lot of fans had talked about over the years is why haven't Titan been able to get the Daleks into the comics. And so finally getting them in for that Time Lord Victorious two issue series was uh, something that it made it a, a little bit more special than just being a special event. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody wants to do Daleks if they're doing if doing a new story. So it's great that I've not too long into my run, I got to tick that off my list straight away. (laughs) So uh, after the Time Lord Victorious and and you're working on the Thirteenth Doctor comic, the pandemic hits, kind of hampers any anything that was going on. Uh, How did it affect the Doctor Who comic? Was it something where Titan just kind of said, "All right, we need to shut things down for the time being," or did they say just keep producing stuff so that way when we 
are ready to release comics again, we will be all set? Yeah, pretty much, um, because obviously everything at that point around comics had sort of shut down. So all the, you know, the diamond distributors, the, all the bookstores, all the comic stores, everything, you know, for people to actually get their comics was shut down. The printers had shut down. So yeah. it was pretty much impossible to make the comics. Um, but luckily for us, where our, our freelance work is, you know, like um, Jody, the writer, Roberta, the artist, they're all... To essentially self-employed so they so as long as we give them the work they can draw they can write so it was possible to yeah. keep using the the um keep continuing to make the comics and so um with art and writing etc but obviously we just wouldn't be able to actually print them um so in order to keep everything moving you know we carried on it was just a case of working out how and when we were actually going to get these comics out um and that sort of forced us to sort of think oh god right what can be our next release okay so so basically you just kept on going uh full steam yeah i mean i don't know about full steam as me uh half steam maybe i guess as much as much as we could um because where we had the tlv coming up um i think my memory is going (laughs) just as much as well because yeah i think tlv (laughs) was end of last year so it was um no, it wasn't. It was the. Uh, I, I'm really. I think no. It was. I think because we, we planned the thirteenth year two, um, and we did. We planned the story uh, with the Sea Devils to come out before TLV, um, but I thought it was pandemic, but maybe it wasn't. Something or other happened, and then we ended up switching them. Um, okay. So TLV came out first. Um, yeah, so then, uh, yeah, because then we had the the second arc of 13 and 10 facing the Sea Devils. Um, and I think it was literally just as the last issue was about to come out was when the pandemic hit, which was really, I can imagine, frustrating for a lot of people because they had to hang on for three or four months to find out what yeah. the hell was going on. <laughs> yeah, wait, to find out what was, gonna go, what was going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um... When the when things kind of came back around and started over again, um, what what was the I guess what was the kind of the plan after the the tenth and thirteenth Doctor crossover with the Sea Devils? Um, so originally um, we were, as I said, we were originally looking for a, a full year of thirteenth Doctor stories, um, and then obviously the pandemic hit and that sort of all got flipped up in the air and it was sort of like oh our plans messed up how how many do we have left to do you know because obviously with uh-huh. the period of the summer where we were sort of well the early spring summer where nothing was coming out we were sort of losing time and we had planned you know certain things come out at certain times um so then it was deciding do we want to just push everything back and carry on or do we just want to sort of cut it off and try what we were going to do next anyway um so the decision was we would leave that where it is um, and go on to what we was going to do for this year, which obviously turned out to be the the Missy story because, um, so as I mentioned before, like my publisher like wants us to sort of involve the wider Doctor Who um, mythology, if you will, or, and like fan, not fan service, but, you know, sort of things that fans will really get their yeah. hands into, um, uh-huh. as, as well as just creating original stories. Um so that's so one big thing we wanted to do was to celebrate this 50th anniversary um, of the Masters 
uh, debut. And we had a discussion about that and we thought, well, Missy is one of our favourite um, masters. Here's my publisher's favourite. Here's Jody's favourite. Um, I love Missy. And we thought, well, let's just do Missy because we know Missy's popular. We all love Missy. Jody could write a fantastic Missy. Then let's go for it. Um, uh-huh. And then one of the things we, we thought was not just, you know, it's, it's a whole master um, anniversary. It's not just Missy. So obviously we wanted to do more than, um, we wanted to do Missy's story, but we wanted to celebrate the whole history of the master. Um, sure. and so one of the, the thing that came out of that was that, well, if we're celebrating the anniversary of the master's debut, let's celebrate that master. Um, and so we decided, you know, let's have these two team up in a sense. So the first master and one of the most recent masters um, who are extremely different and yet at the core, they're, say, they're the same character. Um, and we thought it'd be really fun to explore the difference in that and, you know, do something completely different in what we've done before in a Doctor Who comic and do a story from the villain's point of view. Um, and not it's not just a Doctor Who comic, it's this will be a Master Missy comic. And yeah, so we were all really excited about that. Um, and uh-huh. that was the next big thing that we we set off to do. And I know like, Jodie was really enthusiastic about it because she was like, it was sort of like, yes, finally, I wanted to write a Missy for ages and now you're finally letting me. So <laughs> she was really happy with that. Um, it's always good when you give the writer well, some, uh, something that they want to uh, dive into or something they want to indulge themselves in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like it, it's because obviously Jodie came on board for the 13th Doctor um, and obviously the doctor that Doctor was very new at the time um, and Jodie did a great job because we hadn't had any um, sort of preview of what the 13th Doctor was all about. It was sort of this is what she looks like, you know, you've got the actress, these are the other characters, who they are, um, make, make a story about it, you know, there wasn't uh-huh. really any reveal into what the episodes or storylines were going to be in um, season 11, it was, yep. yeah, season 11. Um, yep. So she did an amazing job, you know, picking up these characters and just creating them to be pretty much exactly how they are on screen without ever seeing them on screen, um, which was really, really good. Um so knowing that she could do that for Missy, you know, it wasn't a problem. Uh-huh. Um, and there's also uh-huh. the, uh, I was going to say that we, we did a um, panel for San Diego um, that's out this weekend um, where she talks a lot about, we talk a lot about Missy. Um, so if you want to hear her thoughts on it, you can check that out. Yeah, she, definitely. I, I highly recommend it. I watched it last night. And oh, uh, so yeah, it was, it was a very good inter- or kind of a panel or interview with the, you and uh, Enrica and uh, Jody, and uh, I, I've enjoyed the Missy uh, this this little mini series. Um, it's neat to to have a Doctor Who comic where you can focus on somebody other than the Doctor, and uh, you, you you're exactly right. The the Doctor universe ha- is wide and vast, and there's plenty of interesting characters. And who's to say uh, you can you you have to stick with the Doctor all the time, especially kind of. Right now, another question I was going to ask you is with Doctor Who not being on television at the moment mm-hmm. and with the pandemic and everything kind of shutting down production of, t- of television shows and Doctor Who not being on until, you know, maybe this fall or beginning of next year, something like that. Um, was, was this also an opportune time to um, 
to do a, a story on Missy or a different character just because you don't have a TV show to to help sell the comic book to the public? Uh, I think so, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the sole reason. Um, but, yeah, I think that the Doctor of the day, essentially, I think always does better when they're on TV. Um, so I think back in the early days, like, I wasn't necessarily a part of it, but I know that So when we were doing sort of 10th Doctor, 11th Doctor, 12th Doctor comics, um, they, they would always do better when that particular Doctor was on the screen uh, at the time. So 13th Doctor was really good when Jody was, you know, as the series is running. Um, so now that it, um, in the break where it's off, it's sort of like, this is our chance, you know, let, what can we do that's different to get people excited that they're not necessarily going to see on the screen anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, to really get people interested and not necessarily have to rely on the TV for the boost of that particular doctor. So I think that was, that was definitely a factor in, you know, what, getting that comic out there at that time. Uh-huh. Definitely. Um, uh, one of the things actually going back to the 13th doctor, um, before we, uh, go to, or before you got to the Missy miniseries, um, you had the, the story arc where the 13th doctor meant the 10th doctor. And then, um, when we, when that second series ended and we went to the doctor who comic, um, we went right back into the 13th Doctor running into the 10th Doctor again. Um, what was the, the rationale, I guess, behind that? Or was it just a kind of continuation of the, the story arc? Yeah, it was almost like a <clears throat> rather than just do sort of like one-off arcs, we wanted to sort of bring this out. So um, where you had in the first year, you know, it was sort of like, three different stories but then they did all sort of tie in so you had the um the time agents were sort of recurring characters and it was almost like a like a like a series you know so while while yeah. the series usually has individual episodes with different stories there is sort of an underlying thing that usually ties them together to make that series um so we kind of wanted to do it like that i guess for this so where you had that for the first year and then in the second year because we started with a big you know 13th crossover it was almost like well, let's see where this goes. You know, let's make uh, a series out of this, I guess. Um, and also because from that story, you know, you have that encounter um, and it ties in with the Blink story. It's like, it neat, it kind of does neatly wrap itself up, but also we were like, well, nothing is ever neatly wrapped up in the Doctor universe. As you know, there's always consequences, there's always different things that happen, you know, different timelines, universes, and all that sort of thing can happen. Yeah. Um, so we thought, you know, that there's so many things we could do with it. Why, why stop there? Um, so it was sure. really like, and, and uh, yeah, I, 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 I can see where you're going, uh, or the, the rationale behind that. And I'm, if the pandemic wouldn't have happened and the, the Dr. Who comic would have kind of continued its flow from that story on, would we have seen a continuation past that, that second encounter with the 13, with 13 and 10 and kind of have, whatever started in that story arc kind of play out through the rest of the, of year two? Um, I think originally, yes. Um, but then we sort of where we ended up with TLV, we did manage to get 13 in there um, briefly as a brief cameo, which sort uh -huh. of, still, as I said, because it still sort of fit nicely um, into the continuity of what we were doing in our comics rather than just being a, a separate story. Um, so I think that, build it in as an almost part of the trilogy um so i don't think we 
would have carried on necessarily with another 13th attempt story. I think that sort of filled it out. Okay. Because obviously, I don't think by that point we were like, we've done these two big 13 and 10 stories and we've got another one that got a bit of 10 and 13. We don't yeah. want to drag it out too much. You know, you, there's only yeah. so much. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm sure there's an infinite amount of stories. You know, let, let's <laughs> move on, do something different. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, uh, before we talk about the, the future of Doctor Who comics with Titan, um, yes. you, you had talked about uh, working with Jody and how uh, what it's like to work with her and how she, which I totally agree, she captures the, the characters of what we see on TV very well and puts them into comic form. Um, what is it like working with your art team of uh, Roberta and Enrica? Um, working with Roberta and Enrica is so good. I mean, it, it's fantastic because they, like I said, like when I first came on board, you know, they were, they already knew what they were doing. They they were great artists, great colorists in their own right. They they would, it was almost automatic. I didn't really have to do much of that first stage. Um, what, so I, said, I, I got a chance to find my feet because they were it's like they're like a well-oiled machine you know they, they uh-huh. know they they've got their deadlines they've got their skills um and it's pretty much been that way throughout um I, li- I like to dip my hand in you know as an editor my main job is getting everything done um but i like to think like where where i've got um jody's script and roberta's art and then what can we sort of do to you know put my little touches on it so if roberta sends something in um i might say oh, why don't you try this or try that um so just little things like that um but otherwise it's you know roberta sends something in i'm like wow that's fantastic and um, the only thing i really need to I, I i do on her art is just make sure that everything's sort of like accurate in terms of you know like sonics and tardises and all that sort of thing because everything because it is a, a licensed show and everything needs to be approved by the BBC before it prints. Yeah. So I yeah, sure definitely. one of the make sure is that everything is like accurate for them because it, it's a it's an IP that has existing material that needs to be pretty much on point. Obviously there there's some artistic yeah. license here and there, but like there are certain things obviously you can't have a like a, a green TARDIS or something like that if it's yeah. not if it's green. <laughs> so yeah and then and just getting to um experience um a couple of original things as well. So like if we've got um, so for the Christmas special, when we had the the design of the Krampus, um, you know, Jodie would put in the kind of thing that she wants in the script, and then Roberta will draw it. And it's just being a part of that is just so fantastic because obviously you can picture something in your head, but until you see it on paper, it doesn't have the same effect, I think. And that's really cool, especially and when you put the colours to it as well. It's like, oh, wow, this thing's really coming to life. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's. I, I can totally imagine how that it would it'd be so great to be part of that creative process of seeing how everything comes together to make that final product. Yeah, so, so it goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, before before I knew editors existed, you know, you sort of just have a comic and you think, oh well, it's just a comic, you know. And now it's like seeing all the behind the scenes of all the different stages and how it all comes together. Like, I. After like nearly four years, it still sort of blows my mind a little as well. That's <laughs> so cool. Like you get invested in work a lot, and then sometimes you just have to step back and go, actually, wow, this, these are comics. This is so fun, and this is just really incredible to see the the creativity and the art and all that come together uh-huh. to make this. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, the the last or the final issue of the Missy comic comes out uh, this coming Wednesday. 
and um, I believe there's a kind of going to be a little bit of a hiatus um, before the whatever is coming next is coming out. Um, I know watching the uh, the Comic Con panel that you folks did, um, you were talking uh, quite a bit about River Song, and uh, I was wondering if you can give us any information about that. And then I also uh, saw that there was a uh, I'm not not. I wouldn't really call it a spoiler, but an image of uh, an Ace Doctor picture and that uh, coming soon there's going to be an Ace Doctor comic. Uh, yeah, so first I'll touch on the the um, River Song point. Um, so nothing uh, story-wise or comic-wise for River Song uh, that I know that's coming up. So, um, okay. They're, they're <laughs> about it as a, as a great idea. Um, maybe something. Maybe there will be something soon. Um, I'm definitely not averse to doing a River comic. Um, she's a great character. She did get an appearance in Missy. Um, yep. So it would be great to bring those uh, two back together maybe at one point because um, there's definitely more stories that can be told there. Uh-huh. Um, but but there isn't officially anything coming out um, regarding her. But yeah, okay. I, would, I would happily bring her back at some point if we can. Um, and then, yeah, Eighth Doctor. So um, I'm sure a lot of Doctor Who fans will know that uh, this year is the 25th anniversary of the Eighth Doctor's first appearance. Um, so again, that is something that we wanted to take a note of at Titan Comics, and again, do something where it's not just the sort of same thing. We want to do something different. Uh-huh. Um, so we're doing an Eighth Doctor comic, which is great for me because um, it's now another Doctor that I get to touch upon. So I've worked on uh, 10th, I've worked on 13, I've worked on 12, um, and now I'm getting 8th. Um, so yeah, very excited about that. Yeah, there were, um, I won't say too much because we haven't officially announced it, but it is the teaser, there is going to be an 8th Doctor comic. That's awesome. I, I'm a huge fan of the 8th of the Doctor from the TV movie on. I read the, the BBC books and listened to lots of big Finnish audios. And uh, I really enjoyed the, the Ace Doctor comics, the Titan comics put out uh, not too long ago when they were doing the kind of the past Doctor comics. Yeah, and that's great because we, we have done those. Um, so, yeah, we did the third, the fourth, the eighth. Um, and it, it's I think they're ones that we, we haven't had too much um we haven't done too much work on them you know they're like the 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 modern doctors we did a whole series of and those were sort of just mini series um uh-huh. so i think it's nice to keep bringing them back um because they're not ones we get to do a lot of yeah and i i me or you know me being an example of somebody who's a long time doctor who fan i've been a fan since the the mid 80s um reading those those titan comic mini series with the past doctors the third and the fourth um, I really enjoyed those, and it was neat seeing those doctors take on a, an all-new adventure in comic form. Um, and I think, to an extent, for the the people who became Doctor Who fans with the new series back in 2005, it gives mm-hmm. them a chance to kind of experience through comic form the past doctors. And uh, I I don't know how well they did for Titan as well as sales go, but you know I I would like to put my vote forward for seeing more of those maybe. I think like a, a fifth Doctor comic would be a really good uh, uh, opportunity. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, because as I said, like, I, I, I'm one of the ones who grew up with the, the new theories. And um, it's only um, with like 
the the extra mediums and stuff like comics and audiobooks and all this where you're seeing all those sort of older doctors now because if you haven't seen the the older series then that's sort of the the new content that you're getting for them um wow. yeah I encourage people to get out and if they want to know more about doctor universe and you haven't seen this shows you know get into the the comics and the the audiobooks and the novels and all that um about the different doctors because there are so many and it is a fact that the the eighth doctor has had you know only being in the tv movie he has had so much more appearances outside of um tv yeah yeah so, like countless countless audiobooks i think big finish have done with eighth doctor and he's so much more popular because of it you know uh-huh yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how just uh, his you know hour and a half of screen time turned into so much more, and uh, it's great that he do, has been doing all those big finish audios and the his his character uh, along with uh, as far as the audios go, uh, Colin Baker, the Sixth Doctor. Those two doctors have seemed to have grown so much as characters thanks to Big Finish and giving them uh, a platform in which to expand upon their roles. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I do envy Big Finish where they have to get the uh, the actors themselves to do their characters, um, but it is a it is a, a positive for us in comics where we don't need the actors to create all these stories. It gives us a lot of freedom to write about who or draw whoever we want. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, Jake, um, it seems like the Doctor Who comic is going along fairly full steam at Titan Comics. Um, I, I've been enjoying the comic as it's been coming out, and I think you've been doing an excellent job as the editor of the book. And uh, I, I, I'll keep buying it as well as uh, Doctor Who comic fans worldwide, I'm sure. And uh, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to uh, chat with me today. And good luck and best wishes in the future. No problem. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Always, uh, always happy to talk about Doctor Who and talk about comics. <laughs> Many, many thanks to Jake Devine, the editor of the Doctor Who Comics line from Titan Comics, for joining me. Like I said, I've been trying to get a hold of him uh, since he took over as the editor of uh, the Doctor Who line. And I was finally able to track him down through the magic of the internet. And uh, I thought we had a great chat. I learned quite a bit about him and about Titan Comics. And I hope you did as well in this interview. Thank you once again for downloading this episode of Panel to Panel. If you are fairly new to Doctor Who Panel to Panel and are interested in past episodes, make sure you take a look at your uh, podcast feed because quite a few uh, fairly recent podcast episodes are available that way. But if you're looking for interviews from the past several years, um, all the way back to episode number two, Make sure you check out archive.org and do a search for either Doctor Who, Panel to Panel, or Jeremy B. Ment. You'll find all previous episodes of Doctor Who, Panel to Panel on there as MP3 files that are free to you to listen on uh, the archive site. Or you can download them to your computer, um, your iPod, anything like that, and listen to them that way. There's lots and lots of interviews with all the different editors of Doctor Who comics throughout uh, the whole history of Doctor Who comics, for that matter, as well as writers and artists, and lots of good, good information there. So, with that, this is Jeremy Bement saying bye for now. Doctor Who Panel to Panel, the podcast about Doctor Who comics, 
Thanks you for downloading this episode. Let us know what you thought about this episode or of Doctor Who Comics in general. You can find us socially on Facebook at Doctor Who Panel the Panel, on Twitter at Doctor Who P2P, 2 being the number 2, and online at DoctorWhoComics.com. Download previous episodes via your favorite podcast service and find the complete catalog of episodes featuring amazing interviews with creators past and present at archive.org. Just search for Doctor Who Panel to Panel. Thank you.